Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Amen. Well, so good to have you in church, everybody. Uh, today, we're in such a great season. So many great things are happening. And uh, both here at home, which is, uh, you know, number one importance, but also throughout the Global Heart family, we've got a whole lot of miracle things happening right now. So I just pray that you are in miracle territory uh, because as a church, we're believing for that. We declare that. And, uh, and also too, this is our year with our theme, Wisdom Builds the House. So we're praying uh, that you will get wiser we will all get wiser together uh, so that we can be doing what God's called us to do. And I want to encourage you again, this is the supernatural kingdom of God you're in. Let me say it again. You're in the supernatural kingdom of God. And, uh, and in God's kingdom, He saves us. And then He brings us into His purpose and plan, which is amazing to use us and use us to be a blessing to multiplied other people in Jesus' Name. And uh, so my message today actually is entitled that Miracle Multiplication. Miracle Multiplication, because uh, when God puts His hand on something uh, in your life or in a church or in something He wants to do through us and we are walking with Him in it, God can multiply something that actually even beyond this life, you either may not see the fulfilment of everything God wants to do in, in, through your life in this life. It may be even in generations to come that there's some of the things that you are used in now that your children and grandchildren are actually the recipients of seeing that uh, full blessing and full miracle. So we're in miracle territory, talking about miracle multiplication. And uh, you heard uh, Pastor Luke just talk about Benjamin Lim being here next week. What a great weekend to invite somebody. He's uh, such a great uh, man of God, been really used mightily with New Creation Church to oversee uh, their financial project to build probably, I think it's probably the biggest church project in the world. Uh, and right up in Singapore, our near neighbour, and been really used by God. So he comes as a, a great Christian leader. He's a great Christian businessman. And also he comes alongside churches at different, I just note he's, uh, he's got a calling coming alongside different seasons to help churches continue to move forward or to move to the next uh, level, as it were, of what God has for them. So he's an incredible guy, very inspiring, and we're looking forward to having him back next weekend, uh, Friday, and in both our services Sunday. So try and come early too. We always like to honour our guests by being at church on time. So if you can come a little earlier, that would be really, really helpful as well, everybody. You know, in our church right now, Global Heart Church, we're uh, here in Perth. Uh, so many things we're involved in the community. I just thought I'd run through a few of them as we're coming up to our heart for the house, or should I say the house has a heart for you. But we, we call it heart for the house, but it's actually about us having a heart for you, your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your neighbours, your workmates. We want to see our city, our community up here, particularly in the northern suburbs, really being uh, impacted and blessed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe together we can see and we can do and be a part of something really powerful as uh, we, you know, combine together and say, Lord, use us. 
And already, uh, just some of the things that have been, you know, happening, which is so powerful. I love uh, what's happened through Tenacious House. Many of you know it started probably seven, eight years ago with a, a seed and uh, some obedience. And now we're really involved uh, helping Tenacious House. And through that, helping families and uh, the partners of the men who have been involved, their children. And I pray in Jesus' name, their grandchildren in the days to come. So, uh, but we're involved in the community. These are men who are recovering from, you know, addictions, life-controlling issues. It's been a big part of the uh, our journey here in Perth for a good number of years now, but also even our playgroup now, which has gone to four days a week and uh, meeting more families who are coming to church through that playgroup. Don't families need Jesus more than ever? And just prayed for one family through playgroup who was in church in the last service. So our outreach there and our loving and service of people in the community through our playgroups, school outreaches. Uh, they got here just last week. 40 kids are picked up from school to come uh, to midterm party for our youth, which was so awesome. Um, then all the hampers we do, vouchers we do for families who are in need uh, in our community, like uh, throughout the year. And then also our, you know, wrap it up uh, where we're at Christmas really trying to help families out. Uh, right throughout our community and into the schools and we, we help right across the board. It's pretty, it's pretty extensive. And then our university outreach as well, our community workshops, which we do with parenting, finance, marriage, our chapel service this afternoon at four o'clock. And uh, really we started that to, to help your friends, um, help you, but help your uh, you know, neighbours. Sometimes we've got friends who are more uh, conservative or conservative backgrounds and we think the chapel service uh, is very helpful for them to engage in uh, a quieter service. We just bring it down. It's easier for them to engage. Or also to people who've got sensory issues, it's really a great service for them to come be a part of because we've adjusted the lighting and the sound and everything. So, so that as well. And then GK events. It looks like Jared Keen events, but no. I don't do neon night parties myself, so, but it's actually Global Kids. There we go. So even the events we do with Global Kids throughout the year, which is so good. And uh, once again, ministering out to families who so need the Lord through those night parties, the Easter egg hunts and all the other different things we do. Champions Club, which we're working on now for children with additional needs. And uh, that's an ongoing journey, but we're really working with that. And uh, that's going to become a bigger part of what we're doing. So anyway, so we just thank God for what we're involved in. There's a few of the things that we're involved Involved in just here in our home base, and uh, and through that we are being a blessing, which now is actually also going out into our campuses around the world, who are looking on and going, "Hang on, we need to be doing that," and uh, and definitely our campuses are very interested too with Tenacious House, which is a big miracle and a big deal, but um, there's a great favour with it. There's always favour when you do it in God's timing, in God's will, in God's way. Uh, but even in years to come, looking at that uh, ministry to women here in Perth, that's what we want to do. We want to take it and extend it so that women can come in, be offered our uh, program there, which the government is now on board with and, and uh, very supportive of and very excited by what we're doing. That's the West Australian uh, government, which is amazing. Uh, but then also to other, our other campuses, they're all saying, hey, we need this where we are. So we'll see what the Lord does. But uh, we're going to make home strong first. Home base has got to be strong. And, uh, and so with Heart for the House and your participation in that, we're going to be able to continue to grow in strength so we can continue to help a lot of people. Can I encourage you, everybody? Everything starts with a seed. Everything starts with a seed. And you're a seed, in fact. 
Uh, some would say you're a twinkle in your father's eye, but I'd say more you're God's seed. And, uh, and in you, God has got so many gifts, so many talents, so much potential. And you've got, you can do things that other people can't do. I can do things that you can't do. You can do things I can't do. We've, we've all got different gifts and talents, but the power is in we bring them together. And that's why the devil hates unity. He hates unity in a marriage, unity in a family, unity in a church, hates it. Because if you get into unity and you get into agreement, then what you can do in a community, in a city, is incredible when you bring all the gifts and talents, especially like right now, we've got all ages at Global Heart Church. And I love that all the generations connecting, all gifts, all people from all different backgrounds, different nationalities, bring our gifts together. Wow, we can have such an impact and really bring Christ to our community, which is just so awesome. But I wanna encourage you, don't let your seed lie dormant. Don't you lie dormant. Because we're not meant to lie dormant as believers. We're meant to be saved, then up and active into the calling and the purpose that God has for your life. You know, I just heard a, a, a Jewish uh, teacher, believer, really involved with One in Israel. If you've seen that ministry, One in Israel, try and check it out. It's amazing what's happening there. But they've got uh, Jewish people being saved in Israel and, uh, and all over the world through this ministry. It's One in Israel, isn't it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Anyway, you can pick it up. And um, in 1948, when Israel became a nation, there was 23 Christians in Israel. 23 in 1948. Isn't that incredible? And he was just sharing that how he was Jewish. He wasn't a believer, wasn't a Christian. And then he met his wife who was a Jewish Christian. And then she had an impact on him and he ended up becoming a Christian. Now he's a great messianic leader and teacher in Israel. And he said from the seed of the prayer group that his wife's parents were in. So his wife, who's a Jewish Christian, her parents were Jewish Christians in Israel. That prayer group with 23 people were praying that God would touch Israel. And they were praying and saying, Lord, there's the 23 of us in the nation. Well, today in Israel, there's over 200,000 Christians. Over 200,000. From 23 and that's a, that is obviously, uh, you know, uh, Jewish believers and also Arab-Israeli believers. And now they're working together for the gospel. And then that uh, one, for, one in Israel, the ministry that they do through YouTube and other platforms, uh, is now being seen in Israel by, it's something like 6 million videos have been downloaded. And there's countries about 9 million people. And then around the world, it's, I think it's like 90 million now. So it's incredible what God can do with the seed. It's incredible what God can do with the seed. Never underestimate the power of a seed. And, uh, and I believe at Global Heart Church that God has been planting, getting us to plant seeds. So we planted them here and around the world. But through those planting of those seeds, God is saying, I'm going to do much, just do what I'm asking you to do. Plant where I'm calling you to plant. Uh, many times in the Christian life, too many churches, we're too caught up in how it looks. Did we get known for doing that? Did that look good? Did that add to our, you know, Instagram collection? And when in fact, that's not God's heart. We may in this generation at Global Heart Church and you in this generation, we may be doing stuff that literally I will never see. We'll put the seeds in the ground, uh, and um, we'll let God water them. We'll play our part. But maybe your great-grandchildren will be part of something down the track that we can't even right now 
really imagine the greatness of it. But right now in Africa, that will increase from Zambia. We're involved, so involved with Rwanda, but I don't want to go into our other places at the moment, but just to talk about the seeds that we're doing, you know, I, I believe that God gives us dreams, but those dreams are too big for us to fulfill on our own. God gives us dreams, but those dreams are too big for us to fulfill on our own. And by the way, God's dreams are always accountable dreams. If you have a dream, then you always have to have accountability with that, with people, leaders, those around you to make sure that we're not off track because all of us can go off track. What emotion and spirit are very close. So we have to be really, really careful. But we need God at Global Heart Church. We need Him here in our Perth campus as His dream increases and unfolds here that, Lord, we'll, we'll play our part Absolutely, but they will realize that God has got a big dream. He's got a big plan. He's just looking for us to respond. And as we do, it's going to increase and it's going to be a blessing to you, but also to future generations. You know, right now, you, you're born, whatever year you were born. I was born 1962. That was a good year. But 1962, some of you are going, 1962, when was that? In the ark. No. You miss the 70s and 80s. You miss so much, people, some of you young ones. But, uh, but the dash in between, before I leave the planet, it's what you do in the dash. Make the dash count, but just do it accountably. Make the dash count, but do it accountably. Too many Christians are just doing their own thing. Good luck with that, because God's kingdom is the body of Christ, not the arm of Christ or the hand of Christ who wanders around the body telling all the body what to do. No, no, no. We're all our part. We've got a part to play. And as we pay that part, the body is healthy. Then the community is impacted. The city's impacted. And then we're healthy. So one of the ways we need to do that, everybody, is to major on majors and minor on minors. Can I encourage everybody in your life right now? Just think about some of the things that are trying to get your heart, trying to get your thinking, trying to take you back to the past. Um, I've got some friends on Facebook from school days. It's so funny, like how old are, I'm 60 now, right? And they're talking about things that happened in school. Now, you guys, I don't know, you may like that stuff. I'm like, what? When we were 17, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, close window. <laughs> like, what are you, and here's what I know, here's what I know. They're living back in the past. It's not just sentimental. They're actually still there. Everybody, can I encourage you? Major on the majors, and the major is now. Don't live in the past. Don't go back to the past. Can't change the past. Can't live in the past. You can't be in the past. You, you can't. Can't change it. Can't go there. You know, have a nice memory. Great. Celebrate the good wins. Yay, I'm up for that. But you can't live there. And you can't bring the past into the now and in the future. You can't. You have to go, Lord, today's a new day. Every day you wake up, really, you've got to go, today's a new day. Lord, how, what should I major on today? And number one is major on the Word of God. Major on the Word of God. Major on time with God. And then major on saying, Lord, help me to become the person you've called me to become. Because it's not just about... Um, ourselves that we're impacting, but it's also our children and our children's children 
And by the way, you don't need to have children to be impacting generations. You can be a single person who is a great spiritual uncle or auntie who is impacting generations. So Sue and I both would point to some older people who, when we had broken family backgrounds, who impacted us, who were not related to us, but were in church. And if we go back and talked about them, we'd say, yeah, that person impacted us, that person impacted me, that person. And they were, they were older people in the house of God who just believed to be used by God with a younger generation. And they were in Jesus' Name. So everybody watch distractions. What distractions? Major on the majors and minor on minors. Go, is that really important? Is that really, should that really have my headspace? Should I really be talking about that? Should I really be talking to them about that? Should I be there or should I make a move? Make a move. <laughs> make a move. You can't move into what, this, you're all going to want to go home now when I say this, but <laughs> you can't move into what God has for you without changing. It's just impossible. It's impossible all along the road. It's glory to glory. <laughs> change to change. Letting go of the past, letting go of the old you, saying, Jesus, grace me to be who you're calling me to be. Now, it doesn't mean that God's not gracing. He'll grace our talents and our gifts when they're surrendered to Him. Absolutely. But it's areas in our heart and life that God's just saying, hey, surrender that to me so that you can be free and be who I've called you to be in Jesus' Name. You know, uh, we called as a church to reach the lost. I love it. People responding in the last service again. Good number of people just responding in the first service this morning. Can I encourage you to respond to God? <laughs> when you take a step towards God, He takes a thousand towards you. And uh, Rick Warren said this. He said, the way you store up treasure in heaven is by investing in getting people there. <laughs> Say it again. The way you store up treasure in heaven is by investing in getting people there. God wants people in heaven and we, we can't, you can't save the whole world. You can't save all of earth, but we can be a part of seeing people saved who God's called us to save, called us to play a part in their life. And, uh, and we all need to be saved. We all need to be, you know, put our faith in what Jesus did on the cross. Paul, who was, you know, this great Jewish leader, great religious person who was, you know, so learned, so gifted. And then he says, uh, in 1 Timothy 1, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus, Paul said, Jew of Jews. And he says, Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Wow, humble declaration. He says, but I receive mercy for this reason, that, as, that in me, as the foremost, what's that? The foremost sinner, Christ might display His perfect patience. So everybody, God wants to display something through you. Paul said for him was perfect patience. Maybe it's perfect patience for all of us that people see that as well and learn patience. But also God wants to display something through you to our community, to our city, to the world in Jesus' Name. And uh, it doesn't just happen because we wish for it. It happens because we become true followers of Jesus. You know, the, the Bible uh, you know, the Bible is always speaking spiritual truth. Whenever you hear the Bible, you read the Bible, it contains great history. But I think much of our church have heard me say many times, the purpose of the Bible is not to be a history book. 
We thank God for the history. It contains great history. But the purpose is to speak spiritual truth to you in Perth, June 2023, so that we'd have understanding. And so in the Bible, the word disciple, does anybody have a clue how many times that appears who wasn't in the first service? But the word disciple in the Scripture, right? Hang on, let me say this. How many times does the word Christian appear in the Bible? Who'd like to have a guess? He wasn't in the first. It's three, about three times, maybe four. I didn't count enough this morning, but I think it's three. The word disciple appears in the Scripture, in the Gospels and the New Testament, listen to this, over 200 times. Christian appears three times. What do you think Jesus wants you to be? A Christian or a disciple? And disciple, the definition, we'll all love it. It's fantastic. Disciplined one. <laughs> Aren't we just loving that today? Being a, dis- a disciplined follower of Jesus. And th- that's what the Bible's saying. Has, as we lead ourselves with His grace, lead yourself with God's grace, disciplining our hearts, disciplining our minds, bring disciplines to us. What's a discipline? Praying in the morning. Hearing God's Word in the day, in the morning is preferable. Bring disciplines in. Disciplines like that is not going to be a part of my life. Goodbye. (laughs) Um, You're bringing in disciplines and and also in line with God's house. How do I need to be in the house of God in order to play my part in God multiplying the miraculous in Jesus' name? Well, Jesus outlined that in Mark 10 verse 45 when He said, even the Son of Man, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Wow, even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Do you think many people would say that of you? Oh, wow, they came. They got saved. That person became a Christian. Gee, they just came not to be served, but they would just became a great servant in God's kingdom. Wouldn't that be nice if people said that of us, you know? Wow, they became this great servant in God's kingdom. Wouldn't that be great, people speaking about that of your life? What a servant they were to the body of Christ and then to the community in Jesus' name. So Jesus set the example for us. He wants us to serve our community and, uh, and be active uh, partakers of that. So in Matthew 14, verse 13 to 21, Matthew 14, verse 13 to 21, in the New King James Version, It's such a huge, miraculous story uh, that God wants, I believe, to speak to our spiritual truth right now, particularly in this season that we're in. And as we are coming up to our Heart for the House weekend, it's so powerful. And it's, it's really talking about God's ability and plan and heart to multiply miracles through you and me. So in Matthew 14, it says this. It says, when Jesus heard it, Verse 13, he departed there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, once again, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. And look at this. He was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When his evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place. The hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. Don't you love that? We've always got an answer for Jesus why we can't do things. 
And he said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes so that they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and the children. Well, so the Bible's telling us right there, by the way, in that day, they didn't number the women and children. They only numbered the men. So it was a lot more than 5,000 people because the women and the children weren't numbered. So let's take it up to 10,000 maybe because every man would have had children. So it's, let's up it, you know. But they didn't number uh, the women or the children. So thousands of people are eating and now there's 12 baskets full of the fragments left over from the eat. And if you think about the disciples right here, they would have been with Jesus. They'd be his security, his pastoral care, his prayers. They would have been helping Jesus. They would have been helping the crowd. They would have been ushers. They would have been doing everything. And then, I love it, they, make it a, they kind of give Jesus a hint because he needs hints, right? He needs our help. Jesus needs our help. He needs your counselling. Right. So they said, hey, Jesus, maybe you should send everybody home and they can get dinner and they can go and eat. They can hit Hungry Jacks. Why don't you do that? That'd be a really good idea. And uh, really what's happening is the disciples here are tired. They're, the English word, knackered. <laughs> they're, they're really, they're burnt. It's been a big, big event just that day, let alone the other days. And, uh, and so they're trying to get out of there and they give Jesus, give God some help with maybe here's a great suggestion from me as to what you should do because really I, I can help you, God. <laughs> We're good with helping God, right? And here's the thing. Jesus pushes the disciples to produce. Jesus pushes the disciples to produce. Don't be put off when Jesus has given you a good push. <laughs> because right here, he says to the disciples, no, 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 don't send them home. You give them something to eat. Bring them here to me. He's like, bring the loaves, bring the fish, bring it here, but don't send them home. So they're like, what? We've just given you a great suggestion because you need our help, God, as you know, we all try and help God with our suggestions. And then Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. And what is he saying? He's saying there's more margin in you yet. You've got more margin, more capacity with me. Everybody, can I just say that to you right now? You have more margin, more capacity to fulfill God's will and purpose for your life when He is with you in it. I can't do what I'm doing even without God's grace and God's help, but with God's grace and God's help, I've got more margin. And here, Jesus was pushing the disciples to produce when they're like wanting to go and put their feet up and uh, catch a movie. Sometimes that will happen in your life. God leads us in this life seasonally. So when people say, hey, I'm trying to have a balanced Christian life, good luck with that. <laughs> because that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches seasons. Jesus would go hard, He'd minister, He'd preach. And then we just saw He's pulling away, but the crowds aren't letting Him go. They're still following Him. And so He's living seasonally and He will get that break and He will get to be the Father and He will get to be alone. But right now He's realising this is not the moment, even that's what I desire. And now the disciples have actually 
put out what they desire too. Send them home, we're tired. And then Jesus goes, no, no, I'm gonna just give you a little push here because you need to produce right now because I wanna do a miracle for these people. And why did He wanna do the miracle? Compassion. Compassion. We are called at Global Heart Church to be compassionate. We're called to be compassionate. Now, some people look compassionate. <laughs> They're kind of, oh, oh, I know. Oh, that's sad. Oh, oh. Now, kind of looks compassionate. Kind of sounds compassionate. But real compassion is just what happened with the disciples. It's costly. Go and get the loaves. Go and get the fish. Get ready. You're about to feed all these people. Compassion is always active. Compassion is always active. It's not like, oh, that's so awful. It's so, oh, that's sad. No, things where, where genuine compassion is, we are moved to action. We are moved to action. Like our church with sponsorship of children in Rwanda. Love it. 1,300 children are in school because of you. Because we not only went, oh, that's awful. We went, no, let's sponsor children and let's get them into school. Let's make our compassion move to action so that their generation can have, you know, hope to be set free from whatever poverty is assailing them so they can go on to be who God's called them to be. So I love it. Jesus, bring them here to me. By the way, Jesus doesn't say, bring the people to yourself too. He doesn't, Jesus is always teaching people, bring the children to me, bring them to me. Can I encourage you in your Christian life, don't draw people to you. Don't draw people to you. We are to draw people to Jesus. Just watch that. Sometimes in our, we mean well, we're being compassionate, but I can't ultimately help anybody. So I have to draw people to Jesus. Sue has to draw people to Jesus and to Jesus' house, the church. And so just sometimes everybody just realise that you've got to back out of being in the way of people's connection with Jesus. I'm always careful to be backing out. Hang on, no, no, don't, don't look to me. Go, over the, go to Him. Go to Jesus. Everybody, lead people to Jesus. Don't get over-connected with people where they can no longer see Jesus because we're too, too in the middle. Back out. Jesus is saying, bring them to me. No, no, I'll bring them to my house because I'm really cool and I really know your Bible and I'm really good with people and hey, I'll be so good and they can come to me. And Jesus says, no, no, bring them to me. Jump out the middle, everybody. So even in church life, you know, we're gonna be careful that it becomes about anybody in our church. We respect leaders, we respect pastors. Sue and I are spiritual parents, but this is the kingdom of Jesus. And we're here for one person, amen. And that's him, amen. So, and by the way, um, the loaves were five loaves. Very interesting too. When you look a little deeper in the Bible, all the numbers that have meaning, everything has meaning. And five in the Bible is a symbol of God's grace, undeserved favour and goodness towards humanity. Very interesting that Jesus saying, bring the fish, bring the loaves. And that he would actually say in Mark 6, by the way, I'm the bread of life. So Jesus was about to feed the thousands of people. But in Mark 6, he's already said, I'm the bread of life. I am, if you eat of me, you will never go hungry. If you eat daily of me, you won't hunger. Drink of me, you won't thirst. And so five, so powerfully is 
grace upon grace. <laughs> God's undeserved favour and goodness towards humanity, towards you and me. And the young boy who had the two fish and five loaves, who kind of got tackled on the way to eating his lunch that day with probably a couple of friends. He, he really is representing, for everybody who's younger, the young boy in the story represents the younger generation working with the older generation. The boy in the story represents the younger generation working with the older generation. Can I encourage all the young people, bring your gifts, bring your talents. And you have, and you know what we need to do is we need to be releasing them into the hands that God has placed in leadership in and around us in the house of God. I was just a pastor Ashley Evans' dad's funeral in Adelaide and it was so nice to see one of the pastors that Sue and I knew when we were in our 20s back in Sydney. He's at the funeral now in his 70s and comes straight up to me and talking to me like I'm back 20 years, uh, sorry, back when I'm in our 20s in a good way, not in a, you know, nostalgic, weird way, but in a good way in that he's come up and saying, hey, you know, how's Sue? How are you guys? So, so love to see what you're doing, what you've been involved in these days. And, you know, you know back to those days. And I was thinking, gosh, he was good when he, we were younger because uh, he would just cheer us on. It was exactly a great family, but always cheering us on. And here he was now, to be honest, in his 70s, cheering Sue and I on again. And I was like, oh man, you're, you're awesome, you know. He's still cheering us on. But I thought Sue and I, you know, then and when I went up to college, we were just bringing what we had to the older people in the leadership and saying, hey, we're here, how can we help? How can we serve? What can we do? And, uh, and you know, we ended up, you know, welcoming people at home group, taking the bin out at youth, all these things, bring our, our, and we didn't even know we had any talent then. I think we both were like, oh, I don't know, what, don't know why they'd want to use us. But we were like, okay, we're here to help and hope, hope this helps. Uh, but through that, if I look back now, all the young people who did the same and that church and other churches, so many churches got built and got blessed and got established from the, all the young people in that early season in that church. Quite amazing. But it's the generations working together. Global Heart Church, we're called to work together. We're called to work together. Um, yeah, for God's work to be done, there comes a time to release your gifts, your talents and offering and your offering into the hands of those in leadership, often in the older generation that God has placed around our lives. And as we do, God takes it and then He begins to feed the multitude. In Matthew 14, the Bible tells us so powerfully, His spiritual truth wrapped up in a couple of verses. Verse 19 to 21, it says, And He, Jesus, took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, He blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. The disciples gave to the multitudes, so they all ate and were filled. And as I said, they took up the two baskets full of the fragments that remained. So Jesus looking up to heaven, everybody, blessed the loaves, blessed the bread, then broke it. When Jesus said He's the bread of life, we need to all realise that when He came into your life at salvation, listen, the bread of life came into you. So Jesus saying, I wanna bless you and cause you to go and feed the world in Perth, feed the world in Western Australia. I wanna bless you. And as you come to me, I'm gonna bless you. But then the Bible says, then He also broke the bread. Very interesting that God at times is going to allow brokenness in us in order to then use us to be a blessing. Everybody, I got good news and challenging news. <laughs> you can't really be used by the Lord 
Not really, unless you have gone through brokenness. And here's the challenging news. It's not a one-off event. It goes on throughout your life, for me now, 42 years, where God says, will you give me that? Remember the woman with the, um, the perfume, the alabaster bottle of perfume? And she broke it over Jesus and on His hair, on His feet. And, and someone in the crowd, Judas, yelled out, how can you give this? It's so expensive. It should have been given to the poor. How can she be doing this? And he wants to kind of come across as, well, look at me, I'm such a giver. But when we know it was Judas who was actually stealing from the money purse and actually betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And he's the one crying out. And Jesus says, what she's done will be remembered wherever this gospel is preached. And he says, the poor you have with you always. See, all of us have hidden alabaster bottles, things that we're holding precious. Christians and non-Christians, we kind of hide it in there. No one knows about it, but it's there hidden. But the breakthrough comes, by the way, we can't do nothing unless Jesus blesses it. Nothing we do at Global Heart Church, it won't work. If His blessing's not on it, it ain't gonna happen. It'll be, it's hard work, it's clunky, it just doesn't work. We have to have His blessing on it, but we have to have brokenness to go with it. And so... Jesus saying this to all of us, and here's my analogy in church life, that you might be a great communicator, but until you've broken whatever that alabaster bottle area in your life is, you don't become a minister of the Gospel until you're broken. You watch a singer, sometimes you'll see a great singer. I've seen great singers in church life over 40 years, and some of them the most amazing voices. But they may just be a singer And then suddenly they allow God to break the alabaster box of pain from yesterday, anger, resentment, whatever. And they allow that, they surrender their life to God. And suddenly this singer gets up and you're like, whoa, who is this worship leader? My gosh, the worship coming out of this person, the anointing coming out of them, because they're broken in the air of their flesh. Maybe they're broken in a relationship that wasn't right. And they God, I give it to you and I break and I surrender my body, I surrender my sexuality or I send everything to you. And then God goes, now I'm going to anoint you. Now I'm going to bless you. Now I'm going to multiply you. Now you're going to be a part of feeding the city, feeding the state, feeding the nation in Jesus' Name. So Jesus' blessing turned was what was not enough, five loaves, two fish, into what became more than enough. Jesus' blessing turned what was not enough into more than enough when He blessed it and when He broke it. Everybody, can I encourage you? The blessing is hidden in the breaking. The blessing is hidden in the breaking. Sometimes we think, oh, this is so hard. Yeah, it is. But if we will break to God in that area, then God will then say, hey, now I'm going to use you to bless the world in Jesus' Name. You may just do what you're called to do in global kids, but because you broke to it and said, Lord, I'm going to do this, even though it's like, it's like when you do a job that you know, I can't stand this job, but you find yourself there and everything you prayed and read in the Word of God was all about take that job. Then when you got it, you're like, oh, like, Lord. And then God goes, yeah, this is the breaking part of the bread. 
is the job. I'm going to bless it, going to multiply it, but you're at the breaking part, which is what does that look like? Lord, I did not know this job or this or that or it was going to be like this, but Lord, nevertheless, I break to You. And Lord, I do what You have asked me to do in this season and in this time. I said in the last service, there was a guy years ago now, he preached and at an event I was at. And when he was preaching, everybody was laughing and they were all laughing. And I remember this guy preaching and I just kept thinking, oh, he's really ministering to me, this guy. But not in the humour. The humour was really good. But I remember going, hmm, this guy, this is really touching me deeply, but it's funny. Anyway, so afterwards I got to go to the coffee area and he was there. So I went up and just said to him, hey, I just want to say thank you for your message. I was really, really impacted by it. And, uh, and I said, yeah, you were really, really funny, but it was more than that. I said, I realise you've really broken to the Lord throughout your life and it was really ministering to me. And I said, thanks for surrendering to the Lord because today I'm leaving one impacted pastor because of you. And anyway, when I said to him, you've really broken to the Lord, he just went like this. He just had his head down and he'd been so funny, but I saw, okay, this is the guy I knew was in there behind the humour. Not somebody faking. The real guy was an incredible guy, but he just used humour as part of his gift. But he'd really surrendered to the Lord. And that day I got really ministered to by the message and by him when it come off his life. Everybody, that's what you're called to do. Give your pain to God. Throw your difficulties to the Lord. Lord, here's my difficulty. Here's my pain. It's not always easy. <laughs> but... When we do, God takes them and then He uses us and He helps a multitude of people. Your breaking in an area is not to destroy you or destroy me or destroy anybody, but it's to bless us. Jesus took the bread, looking up to heaven. He blessed it. We need it blessed. Then He broke them and then He gave the loaves to the disciples. The bread of life has come to you, Mr. and Miss Disciple. When you were received, the bread of life came to us and the disciples gave it to the multitude. Let's give Jesus to our city. Let's give Jesus to our schools. Let's give Jesus to our parents. Let's give Jesus to our university students. Let's give them, but let's realise everybody, there's always gonna be a little bit of brokenness there if we're really gonna have God's anointing on it. You're loved by God, you're called by God, Global Heart Church, we are called to be feeders of our world. And your world right now might be your school, your workplace, but together we're all ministering to people here in Western Australia and in Perth. Let's all play our part because God doesn't see you as insignificant. God sees you as absolutely significant in that school, that hospital, that science lab, that IT place where you work. He sees you significant. Just give Him what you got. Let Him bless it. Let Him break you. And then let's touch the world together. God bless everybody. Have a great week. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. 
If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.